0: in this episode of the otaku melancholy podcast i'm giving some of my first impressions of some of the seasonal anime from fall 2023 that i've gotten to watch including freyren beyond journeys in undead unluck shangri-la frontier the 100 girlfriends who really 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 love you our dating story the experienced you and the inexperienced me 16-bit sensation and tear moon empire we've got a bit of anime to get through and a short time to get there so let's go ahead and start going you're listening to the otaku melancholy podcast the anime and otaku culture podcast that will never leave you in the fall but you autumn know that by now get it autumn it sounds like otta this is this is peak podcasting. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care what other anime podcasts. Just that's peak. That's 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 the best you're gonna get from here. Anyways, my name is Maddie, and this podcast is essentially beyond journeys End at this point, but it's also undead anyways. And I'm a 16-bit sensation with the inexperienced you and the inexperienced me. So you know. This is, this is this is our Tier Moon Empire <laughs> uh, with the 100 girlfriends who really, 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 really love us. You know, I was trying to throw all these anime names in here. But yes, welcome back. It is a new week, which means that there is a new episode of Otaku Melancholy for once in our miserable lives. <laughs> no, a few things happened through the week and I've just not been able to record like normal. But we're back. We're going to be back. I've got great news. We're going to be so back. We are so back next week. We are like we are so back. We are ba- we are backstreet wishes they could be back, like, well, we'll be back next week. Anyways, this episode will probably be dropping a little bit early to accommodate for the fact that it'll be a two-parter, because, hey, there was a lot of great anime this season, and I can't talk about all of it in just one, you know, two-hour-long session, because, hey, it's kind of hard to talk about anime all by yourself for at least two hours. I mean, I don't know about you... I don't know what you're doing with your little anime podcast, but if you got one, I'm sure it's great, and I'd listen to it if I could. But you know, anyways. So hey, we broke it up into two points. I say two we, it's me. It's me. It's me who broke it up into two parts. So this week, I'll be talking about these six shows, seven shows I talked at the the start of the episode, and then we'll move on to the other ones, which I have not decided yet (laughs) for next week. Because there's just so many. There's just so many good anime, and it's just hard for me to just pick and choose which ones I really want to talk about but these are kind of like the bigger ones I don't know a lot of part twos are going to be in next week's because you know I do love me I do love me some anime I do love I do I have I really do (laughs) no I have literally been on a huge Gintama kick I am I am barreling through Gintama just to give a little bit of check in on what's going on with me I'm absolutely just bombarding through Gintama at a rate I never thought I would through a show that has like 400 plus episodes it's pretty cool. I love the show. It just always makes me laugh, so it's easy just to lose myself in it. I'll watch like eight episodes at a time now. So yeah, and I've actually gotten to the story, which is kind of weird because I'm like, this has got a story? That's pretty cool. Didn't think that would ever happen. So it's just easy to get lost in now because if it's a funny episode, I love it for the humor. If it's a story episode, I love it for the, co- the character beats and for all of the things that it kind of accomplishes with that. So it just never really slows down for me to make me just go I'm tired of watching this po- I'm tired of watching this. I'm tired of this granddad. I've not reached that point yet. I am going consistently and just unabashedly even it's gotten to the point where I have to kind of check myself and say like Matt this there's other anime for you out there you-, you should probably you should probably calm your tits a little bit. But outside of that, I did go to anime week in Atlanta which gave me a tremendous cod and crud like the some of the worst cotton and crud I've ever gotten. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I actually hung out with Dan, and we did panels. Uh, Dan, uh, their 50 years of anime music, uh, and the history of the OVA. Really, really, um, really fun turnouts. It went really well, I feel like. Uh, I recorded some of it, but it's the uh, Tokyo Host Club stuff, so I'm not going to just distribute that. Because they worked really hard, and everything on it looks really great. It's a really great presentation. I hope if you go to a con, you get to check it out. They're obviously great people. Great, great people. And hanging out with Dan was great. I, Dude's are awesome. I love that dude. I, I wish we could have spent more time. It's one of those things I get nervous around because I'm just like, what can I possibly say to this guy that he has not heard before or that he's not had presented to him in a better format uh, than Matty? So I, I just, I, I didn't. I was a little bit nervous. I was a little bit nervous. But he's a great guy. Loved hanging out today. We well, saw a lot of things and bought a lot of things as per the usual Whenever I go to these, uh, whenever I go to these conventions, I mean, it's just like always oh, spend like, you just drop like $300 and you're just like, I don't know how that happened. And inadvertently I end up dropping like an extra 300 because I'll see figures and I'm like, well, I don't, I really want this figure, but it's not at the level where I want to buy it here. So I end up just, you know, making a note of it, like, f- like following it on eBay, like finding a thing on eBay for it. And then buying it that way, that's, that's kind of what happens to me. I, I've already kind of bought a few figures that way. I bought a Gintoki that I saw online because I was like, there's no Gintama merch here. And that's my new micro obsession. And I also bought a Sonico because it was on sale. It'll be the first Sonico I've bought in like over five years. I was Sonico obsessed. Sonico obsessed. I tried to combine that. It didn't really work out, did it? Anyways, I was absolutely Sonico obsessed when I was like, uh, when I was like in high school. It got to a point where I was really embarrassed to buy figures with Sonico when I went to conventions like Comic Con. I just didn't want to be judged. Which is so weird. I, I It's not weird. I get why I was like that. I'm in it now and I'm just like, there's no reason for me to be that way. But at the time, I really was just like, what if the, the person selling this judges me? What if he thinks that I'm a, I'm a queep? And it's just like, dude, it doesn't really matter anymore. <laughs> He's gonna get his money. He doesn't give a single care about you. But... Me at the time was like, oh, I don't know, I'm so, I'm so nervous. But now I'm just like, eh, whatever happens, happens. I'll buy whatever I feel like, you know. It's just like that. No shame anymore, which is great. But it was a lot of fun going to going to AWA. I hope I, I, I don't know if I'll make it next year. They're going to have it in December, and that's just so close to the holidays, and I just don't know about that. So hey, maybe you'll, uh, maybe you'll see me at Comic Con uh, in February or whenever it is. So if you're in the Alabama area. Hey, go to Comic-Con. I might have a couple panels, who knows. I don't know. That's why I'm saying maybe. <laughs> but anyways, I hope you'll go and check that uh, go and check that out. I might put a little audio clip here or you know, put a little audio clip. We well, i somehow put an audio clip maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I really just don't want to step on a Jeff or Amelia's toes or anything like that. So I'm a little bit like I don't know. It's just it's their stuff. I don't want to do anything. But it was great. It was a great panel. Great turnout, great everything. It was a great 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 weekend. A great anime weekend. Atlanta some might say but yeah that's been what up me and I got the killer con crud and then I got the killer um, post-con depression the I wish every day was like a convention then I have to go back and kind of just normalize my attitude and be like this is not <laughs> like I have to be like not everybody likes the same things as you Matt you gotta have to calm down a little bit and not be so just like animate everybody but you know shrug shoulders it was it was a it was fun, and I, I I uh if you're listening and you went to that uh went to Anime Week in Atlanta, thank you so much if you stopped by the uh, stopped by the panel, it means a whole lot. But yeah, uh, Gene Thomas has been my biggest thing, and seasonal anime. I've been really watching a lot of these seas- uh, seasonal anime, and I'm gonna be talking about them in a moment. But outside of that, um, I mean, I really haven't. Uh, I have Super Mario Wonder came out. I've been playing a good bit of that. That was a lot of fun, and you know, I think I'm almost done with it. Uh, by the time this comes out uh, It should come out uh, no, it won't come out, but I'll be super stoked on Super Mario RPG That was one of those games I played a good bit when I was like in high school because you know I wanted to play it and I wanted to play Super Nintendo games So the remake was just good. I'm super stoked on that And I also was in a weird JRPG mood and started playing Tales of Arise fairly recently I was a really big fan of Tales of Symphonia and Tales of Asperia. If you played those and you get what I'm saying, those games are great. Tales of Vesperia I really wish I could finish. But it just never, it was never in the cards for me. I really like the main character, Yuri, though. I love that guy. (laughs) He's, he's, he's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool dude. (laughs) Anyways. That's enough of me. Let's go ahead and talk about some seasonal anime, but first, a quick little break with a brand spanking new and really cool, a really cool uh, sponsor that uh, I'm super stoked to uh, talk about. Uh, But quick little, quick little break, and then we'll be right back. Hey, it's Maddie, and I'm here to tell you about something I'm kind of obsessed with right now, and that's Tokyo Treat. Tokyo Treat is a monthly Japanese snack subscription box where you get 20 of the latest exclusive limited edition and seasonal flavored treats straight from Japan. We're talking about special treats like Sakura Pepsi, Japanese sake, Kit Kats, and seasonal flavors of ramen, and that's just a few to name an example. Now, when I tell you that they're seasonal flavors, I really mean that they're actual seasonal flavors. For example, this month's Tokyo Treat theme is all about the fresh and enchanting flavors of fall with a Mount Fuji snack venture. We all recognize Mount Fuji for the beauty and majesty that it represents for Japanese culture, but did you also know that these majestic mountains are also perfectly paired with fall treats? During this month, Tokyo Treat is taking you on an express trip to Mount Fuji with exclusive snacks inspired by it, like a Mount Fuji green tea cake that is absolutely amazing. I ate mine while I was watching an episode of Gintama, and I love Gintama, and that cake made it like even ten times better. There's a Mount Fuji sandwich cookie that is super sweet and pairs perfectly with a nice green tea. Some sweet potato sable cookies and a wasabi potato chip that tickled my nose in this really weird way. I like I don't eat too much wasabi, but I really couldn't put those down, and I was just I was just go- I was just going at them. They were they were they were great anyways one of the most interesting things about the tokyo treat box in my opinion is not just the snacks but the booklets they include with each one each one contains allergen information about your snacks including if they're vegetarian friendly but they also educate you on japanese culture and the snacks in your box like did you know there's a theme park at the foothills of mount fuji with a naruto area i didn't and i got to learn that through my tokyo treat box it's like a snack for your brain i really think you're going to love tokyo treat And even if you don't like Tokyo Treat, then maybe the anime fan or the snack fan in your life will. They make a great gift, especially with the holidays coming up. Now with our special coupon code MELANCHOLY, you can save $5 off your first Tokyo Treat box. There's even a handy dandy link in the episode description below, so you can just click on it and have the code automatically applied at checkout. Tokyo Treat is an amazing snack subscription box, and I can't recommend that you check them out enough. Their snacks are perfect for watching anime, reading manga or just sharing with your friends. So go ahead and use our link or use Melancholy at checkout so you can check out Tokyo Treat and get some of their delicious snacks delivered right to your door. I just can't recommend them enough. I've been loving this box that I've gotten for this month and I'm honestly just super excited to see what next month's theme will be. So go ahead and subscribe as quick as you can so you can experience the flavors of fall and Mount Fuji with Tokyo Treat. Thank you so much for listening and checking this out. I really think you're going to enjoy Tokyo Treat if you try them. Again, can't recommend them enough. I hope you'll give them a chance. So thank you for listening to this. Let's get back to the episode. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the break. But if you didn't enjoy the break, you can go to patreon.com otaku and support us for as little as $3 a month to get bonus episodes. Episodes without breaks. And a super secret Discord role to access a super secret Discord channel and talk about super secret Discord subjects. But hey, the best support that you do is just listening to this podcast. And it means a whole lot. But yeah, thank you uh, so much to Tokyo Treat uh, for helping with the podcast this week. Uh, I really hope you'll go and check them out. They were actually, uh, the box was really actually, like, really cool. (laughs) So yeah, I hope you'll go and check them out. But hey, just stick around and listen. That means a whole lot to you. Anyways, let's go ahead and talk about some seasonal anime. I've got them all lined up for us, and I'll give you my first impressions and talk about what I feel about them. But, we're going to start and kick it off with 16-bit Sensation Another Layer. Um, this is based off uh, I probably I touched this I touched on this in the uh, picking pick, the picking the picking episode, but this is actually like a readaptation of a manga. Uh, that was talking about a uh, a, about a game studio and this anime I have watched um, I think at this point there are five episodes it's done by studio silver who have not a whole lot to their uh, don't have a whole lot to their uh, to their name it's looking like we got a a couple hint eyes and we never learn so silver's silver's making big moves Nah, Silver's doing whatever Silver wants, and this is a really interesting um, pseudo original pseudo original web manga adaptation thing. It's kind of a little bit of a hybrid. I feel like I read a little bit of the manga because I I was really into this first the first few episodes. Uh, it's about a girl, uh, Konoha. I I touched on a lot of this in the preview episode, the super preview episode, but it's basically about a girl who's really obsessed with uh, uh with like I, I want to keep visual novels. I think they call them, like, they're not gal games. That's what I'm like, welcome to the NHK. Anyways, she's really obsessed with, like, the big visual novels. You know, stuff like Kanon, all that. And she ends up getting transported back in time. And ends up getting to kind of work with the studio and make this game that she's really the kind of beautiful girl game that she's really excited to see. And this this anime is first because I do feel like I would love for you to check this out. It, um, there was an anime that came back a, uh, a while, uh, was it Remake Our Lives? Um, gosh, I can't even remember. But it was a show that I was really excited by the premise, because it was basically the core thing. Guy has a life that he's not too thrilled with. He goes back in time to sort of make a game. And it really never focused on making the game as much as it was mostly just, oh oh this girl likes me, but I don't like her in drama. And 16-bit sensation, granted, is, um... It's got a little bit of that, but it's mostly just for the for the time being. On these first few episodes that I've seen, it has mostly been more of a comedy show. And the thing that makes it more relevant to me than I guess it should be, because right now we're looking at a show that's sitting at about seven point two on Mal. Obviously, we're not gonna let Mal scores dictate our lifestyle choices, but you know, may I mean, if we were, we would look at that and be like, eh, eh, eh. No, but if you're really into visual novels and that sort of classic gal, that sort of classic gal game, or beautiful girl be game, um, be shoujo game sort of uh, culture, then you're really going to be looking at a show. I think you're really going to have a lot of fun with. It also is just kind of fun because it's a period piece. I mean, obviously, in the first episode, it's not a period piece; it is a unperiod piece because it is modern day. But the 1992 sections, it's just. I don't know. The fact that it takes place in 1992 is the fact that that is now a period is damaging to my ego and damaging to my molecular structure. And um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But it's really cool. I really love that just they mention these classic games. I don't really know how Japanese copyright law works. I know that uh, Osamatsu-san at one point was skirting the line with it when they made their first episode by parodying a lot of shows. But um, the fact that they can mention all these things, maybe they have the blessing of a lot of these companies. It's more than likely that they do. I mean, even if they're older games, I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, a lot of ways that they're reselling them. So you know, just by having this anime, you're selling them, you're selling these games too because it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, but going back into what the show is actually about, I believe that it's worth it for Konoha, the main uh, the main character. Konoha is just such a her, her design, for one thing, I don't... The, the anime characters that have, like, back-layered hair, you know, like, I don't know if back-layered hair is what it's called, but, you know, they've got, like, one color of hair, and then the back is, you know, a different color, like, their inside bangs. I don't know what it's called. Inside hair? What is inside hair? I know that I'm making a, lot, a whole lot of sense, but Konoha has this really cool hair, and I really love it, and I kind of like a little bit of, um, she's really the main character that I'm really, uh, that I really like. Now... Mamaru and Maiko are, uh, I, I, I don't, I like them, but Konoha is really the one that's carrying this show for me, and I feel like she'll probably be the one that carries it for you, I unfortunately don't know if I have too much about this anime to actually talk about, outside of just how cool the premise is, and how neat it is to see an anime about the kind of video, or about the kind of video games that are like a low-key, like a low-key obsession of mine, so eh, you know, you know, you know, I would really recommend giving this a, co- like, I'd give this three episode check out, it may not be for you as it is for me, mostly because I find learning throughout this, and the manga itself was kind of where I got a whole lot more of into, uh, kind of where I got a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, I was more invested with the manga, just because the manga had more of a technical aspect to it, it was almost a little bit more autobiographical, but about three episodes into this, I think there is a lot of fun that can be had with these characters, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I'm obviously, I don't have any plans to drop this like some of the other shows that are going to be in part two, but this one I'm definitely like, I might, I might actually probably forget it uh, when an episode comes out and never pick it back up again. But right now I'm I'm casually watching episodes. It's not I'm not obsessed, but. It is. It is still. Uh, it's still fun if you're into like you're into B shoujo games and you're into visual novels that way, especially the older ones. But yeah, um, haphazardly check it out if I have to give this recommendation. Recommendation, I would recommend it to people who just maybe want a cute little, you know, slice of, slice of fluff. I guess it's not really fluffy and it's not really slice of life, but you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you want to go check that out, then it's going to be on Crunchyroll and, again, Studio Silver, who've done pornography. And we never learned. Hey, big moves. Big moves. And speaking of uh, big moves, our next anime is a very big move. And that is Shangri-La Frontier or Shangri-La Frontier Kusuge Hunter Kamige in the Man Tosu. And what does that mean? We'll find out what it means. We'll, it means... um. What does it mean? It means crappy game hunter challenges God to your game or shortened to Sean Fro. Thank you, my anime list. Once again, you really are what carries this podcast in an infinite, uh, an infinite positive direction. But Shangri-La Frontier is brought to us by C2C who, if you're going to be making this C2C, if you're going to be making this, get on Elena. I like Shangri-La Frontier, but get on Elena, get on the second season of, 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 of the journey of Elena. You can do do it. Do it. If you're listening to this podcast, yeah, Shangri-La Frontier is pretty good. Pretty good. Get Do something else. Do, do Elena. I wished on Christmas that you would give me Elena two years ago, and you still haven't. Whatever. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed in you. Anyways, Shangri-La Frontier. That's what we are actually going to to talk about. And so let's go ahead and talk about it. So Shangri-La Frontier is about a kid who is obsessed with crappy games or Kuso-Gay or shitty games, if you're in the know, and beating them. And it kind of starts, the first episode starts off with him just beating this uh, beating this game and just beating the absolute crap out of this NPC after he finishes. And he says, all right, time to play another Kuso game. He goes to the game store, and he's like, hey, give me a crappy game. And the lady says, hey, how about you play a good game for once? And he goes, ah, oh, so this ne." And then she gives him Shangri-La Frontier mostly because she's also motivated because she wants uh, the girl that has a crush on. I forget his name is the, his username is Sunraku Sunraku, and that's what I'm gonna call him. So she basically says, "Yeah, Sunraku, ch- check this out. Check this game out. Also, this other girl plays it. Maybe you go." Well, she doesn't say that. They mostly do the backhand thing where the girl's like, "I'm gonna go help him by going to the tutorial town," and Sunraku, Sunraku. <laughs> is uh he is my man because sunraku gets in this game he builds a uh he built he basically is one of the if he played dark souls he would make those kind of builds where it's just all about like just rolling and rolling and rolling and never getting hit he is definitely a try hard gamer because uh, he basically makes a build where he's super fast and he's got a high amount of luck and he doesn't wear any uh he doesn't wear for the first well for the most part he doesn't wear any uh armor and he wears a bird head, and at first, when I first saw the premise of this uh, this manga, I saw the cover, I thought it was going to be about a, uh, you know, like a fantasy isekai, and it's in another world, but it's not isekai, you know, in another world, east, it's easy light, I guess, I, not really, that's not really what it is, anyways, so, Sanraku goes in the game, he's like, hey, this game's pretty good, I think I'm going to, uh, I think I'm actually going to really enjoy playing this, and he kind of just grinds out. He skips the first <laughs> He skips the first world, which I thought was really funny that he just absolutely uh He just absolutely doesn't care. He's like, eh, I'll just go, i just go and skip over. I don't even care, dude. And he just skips the first world. And he eventually I can't remember the name of the creature, but he fights basically a giant wolf who curses him so he can't wear equipment and he has to fight things that are higher level than him, so he can't grind out on lower level things. And uh yeah, the adventure kind of just really f- just spirals from there. And what makes what I recommend this show absolutely this show <laughs> really is very action heavy. And now I know that there's a lot of anime that would be considered action heavy, and Shangri-La Frontier is that first, sure. But Shangri-La Frontier never really lightens up with the spice. Now we're not looking at like you know like I'm not some sort of sakuga hunter. Who is like, oh, look at this pretty animation. This is this is peak anime. Yeah, no, I'm not really that. I do like anime that looks good compared to anime that looks bad. But I feel like that's kind of a, you know, I feel like that's most people. Or maybe not. I don't know. I don't speak for the voice of all. I'm just a Lorax, and I speak for the trees. And the trees are speaking Vietnamese. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah. So, Shangri-La Frontier is consistently not bad to look at (laughs) there's a lot of fight scenes there's a lot of fight scenes and what makes that really cool is that they never reach that sort of that sort of anime animation where it's just a head fly a head still of a head flying at an anime an anime flying at an enemy and then like a quick jump shot or something that shows like oh the enemy was slashed it consistently looks pretty watchable and that's really cool because the premise of Shangri-La Frontier isn't anything that I would overwhelmingly like. If I wrote home, I wouldn't write home about it. But Shangri-La Frontier's execution really kind of carries it so much further than it really can be. It's really It can be funny, but mostly just the fact that the action is so consistently crispy and never really slacks off tremendously makes it really watchable. It really makes it hard not to recommend. And it's kind of a travesty that it's kind of... um, Right now on Mal, because this matters to you, I know, it's sitting at an 8.02, and I feel like that's a pretty apt score just based off the six episodes I've seen. And it's got 25 episodes. That shook me. I'm glad it's getting that many episodes. Uh, I would give it a solid eight just off the six that I've seen. I'm keeping up with it. It's one of my uh, almost day one shows. It's just hard not to want to watch. It's just so easy to put on and I think you're really you'll really enjoy it if you like um I would say if you like maybe Sword Art Online maybe you should probably check this out obviously like I said it's Isolite um Sunraku is not trapped in the game he's just trapped with circumstances that he can't escape when he plays the game but it's kind of funny just to see how he gets through everything and seeing how the world reacts to him and it's 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 fun to see more of Shangri-La Frontier, and it really made me play I want to play Final Fantasy Fifty, Final Fantasy Fourteen, but I obviously did not do that uh, because once you play an MMO, that becomes the only game I can play. So I didn't do that. But yeah, Shangri-La Frontier is worth a good checkout. I I I recommend it wholeheartedly. I uh, yeah, I definitely if I have to recommend this, I would recommend this. Recommend this show. Go check it out. Uh, go check it out. Do, do it right now. Stop this podcast and check it out. No, but this show is definitely going to recommend for me based off just the six uh, six episodes I've seen. Uh, if you want to go watch it, it's on Crunchyroll. So uh, do that if you want. The next anime that I've got lined up is Undead Unluck. And talk about... Talk about an anime. Let's talk about an anime. We're going to be talking about an anime. No, but Undead Unluck is basically just... There's this girl. Her name is Izumo. Izumo has an ability where if people touch her, they get bad luck. And depending on how long they touch her, how <laughs> how long, where, and how she responds or what she does, then they will get a, an adequate return of unluck. And unluck is basically just getting smote. <laughs> getting like a meteor to hit you or getting like lightning shocked. Yeah. So basically, that's what this girl does. That's her power. And... Uh, <laughs> She ends up um, realizing that she doesn't want to live. So she finishes her favorite manga and she's about to kill herself. When this dude that she refers to as uh, a zombie says, Hey, you think you could kill me with that power of yours? And she's all like, uh, ooh-ah. And he's all like, ooh-ah. And then, uh, you know, literally just to sum up, uh, summarize, Hilarity ensues as uh, they end up, um, basically the goal is for the main character to die in the show Uh, the main character who eventually is named andy by uh, izumo uh his goal is just to die he just wants to die he is undead and she is unluck uh there's the show there you go (laughs) now i heard online before i started watching this obviously this is this is a shonen uh this is a shonen manga or based off a shonen manga and it was one of the things that, like, I subscribed to Shonen Jumps, like their digital app, so I can read their manga. And this would kept popping up. It's one of those shows. it's one of those manga that they're constantly like, "Hey, a new chapter came out." And I don't know. I did not. I was not sold on it just off the character designs. Like uh, Andy, Andy and Izum Fuko, whatever. They don't look that appealing to me. Uh, when Fuko reveals her long hair, I was kind of like, "Ah, eh, she's kind of cute, I suppose." Uh, but Andy just, I don't know, Andy's design just never really, just looking at the preview images and all that, I was just like, I don't really like Andy and how he looks. But I i guess I'll just, you know, I'll live with it. Uh, it's nothing that'll affect me personally, but I never read the manga, I'm trying to get to that point. But I was kind of, just a few, couple of days ago, I was going... I need something to watch. I want to do a seasonal episode, and I'm kind of struggling with my two parters or my part twos of other shows. So, what do we got? And I said, Undead Unluck. What is that on? And it was Hulu. And I was like, Ugh, Hulu. But resignedly, I went to Hulu and I watched the first episode and I said, Jesus, who did this? Who did this anime? That is crisp and clean with no caffeine. And it was David Productions. And I think I mentioned that David Productions was doing it, and that's why I cared. Uh, I cared about it in our PV episode, but I completely forgot about that David Productions was doing this. But the moment I saw that first episode, I was oh uh, this has got, got all kinds of David Productions. Just... Oh, that crisp animation. Just goodness, David Productions. Why don't you go ahead and marry me? Uh so yeah. So yeah. The first episode, uh it it didn't it didn't win me over. And to be honest, the next few episodes (laughs) also didn't really win me over, if I'm being quite honest. But I'm interested in seeing where the show goes. I'm not overwhelmingly obsessed with... I'm not overwhelmingly obsessed with any of the characters. Uh, Andy's dynamic with Foucault is not exactly, like, appealing. Andy comes off as kind of creepy in the first episode, especially when he's saying... Like, he's obviously trying to find a way to get her to unlock him to death by, like, touching and groping her... And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Not that I'm like, oh, inappropriate sexual content in anime. Oh, oh, what will, what will, what will the children think? And I'm like, just there's, yeah, this is definitely a Shonen thing, but you know, it. it, it I still watched it, and I think the thing that makes me really just like not gonna give it up. You really Rick Astley this thing. I'm not going to give it up, mostly because I really like Andy's powers. Now, Andy's powers is that he can't be killed, but he does really cool things with it. Like, it's his legs shut off, and he basically uses the regeneration of, like, the blood and stuff to fly around with it. Or he uh, can shoot off his fingers. He can shoot off his fingers. That's pretty cool, too. Uh, but this is just such a wild show that the premise is that the dude can just lose his appendages... And that is, that is his power. And the blood and all that that transpires from it, that is what he he does. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Pretty engaging. I feel like... Uh, but uh, uh, the three episodes I've seen, and I'm still going to keep watching it. I, I, I'm really curious as to where the show could go. I've mentioned previously that I'm not the biggest Shonen-Bronin. I'm not a show bro. But... I'm open to seeing where this could go. And especially when David Productions is behind the helm, I really feel like there's a lot of potential in this at least being something that I can appreciate the artistry that goes into how they animate everything. I mean, David Productions just kills it. They've been killing it since Bento. If they've done anything before that, then I'm certainly not aware of it. But Bento, very unappreciated. Go check out Bento. Go check out Bento. (laughs) Like, don't go check out... Don't go check out Undead Unlocked. Go go check out Bento. And I guess Fire Force. I forgot they did Fire Force. Geez, David Production. Why does your mom let you have? Why does your mom let you have all pretty anime? They also did. I forgot about RSA Yatsura. for being such a lum stand. I forgot about RSA Yatsura. Yeah, I really let everybody down. But yeah, David Productions just kills it. If they're doing it, they kill it. They just they always make just such pretty shows. So there you go. Undead Unluck, if you're feeling like you want to check it out, if the premise is interesting to you and why wouldn't it be, it's a pretty nifty premise, and if you can get over Andy's design, I... is Andy visually appealing? I would like to know if people find Andy uh, visually appealing. He's not for me, but if if it's you and you feel like he, he looks good, then the more power to you, but I'm not, I don't like Andy's design, I don't like a lot of designs of the character's but David Productions is going to do something interesting with this. So they're at least going to bring their you know, their their high-intensity their high intensity animation to it. So I'm still going to watch it just for that. So soft recommend. Just a soft recommend. Check it out if you've got Hulu and you want to watch an anime. Uh, but if you don't want to watch an anime, then don't listen to this podcast either because this is an anime podcast. I don't know if you realize that. It's kind of awkward if you didn't. But yeah, the next show, however, up on this list, I give a wholehearted recommendation. And I don't care who you are, you will not dissuade me. You will not come into my server and tell me where I'm wrong, like some certain people have done. But this next anime is good. And that is The 100 Girlfriends Who Really, 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 Really Love You. Or is the synonym is, is Hyakyono. Hyakyono. Oh. So this is about Rentaro, who is a cute little angel. He's a cute little angel boy who's confessed a hundred times. And the god of love is like, Ah, I signed you up for a soulmate, but I got got distracted by Castle in the Sky. And accidentally gave you a hundred. And you gotta go find them all, because if you don't find them, then their lives will be miserable. And so Rentaro goes to school and is promptly just hit on by Karane and Hakari who are like, yes, give me that rentaro, that rentaro and he's like, oh, I, I don't know about this. I'm so scared, and yeah, so that's the premise. He has to basically find uh, all his soulmates and add them to his harem. <laughs> And um, I know what you're thinking, Matt. In the preview, you sounded like they said you said this is gonna be good. Also, by, uh, but Matt, this kind of sounds like it's gonna be crap. And listen here, listen here. Sit down. Shut up. Here's the thing. This is one of the best rom. At <laughs> about five episodes in, I will not, or six episodes in, I will not be convinced otherwise. That this is not the, one of the best rom coms ever. You will not dissuade me. Rentaro himself is just such an adorkable little just loser. Who, well, maybe suffering from a little bit of that harem protagonist personality where it's just like my personality trait is that I want every other person to be happy, which isn't, you know, which we, we criticize on the show fairly regularly when it's like, hey, hey, stop being bland, be good, be, be a person. Uh, and Rentaro is just—he's a wholesome little—he's a wholesome man. He is such a wholesome guy who wants all his girlfriends to get along, and we really vibe with Rentaro on that end. We like this dude, but like many harem anime before it, you don't care about what Rentaro does, and I'm tired of talking about him. <laughs> Let's talk about the girls. <laughs> all right, so he's basically at this point in the show, at about episode five, we got four out of five girls who have been promised to us by the op and those are karane uh, who are are gonna effectively give c tier t d tier i don't like the Sundary girl i know she's supposed to be she's supposed to be a, a mocking parrot not even a parody but basically just like look how ridiculous Sundaries are and i said yes i do not like this character so uh there you go um i don't like i don't like i just don't like karane i'm sorry if you're a karane fan uh or inda fan whatever you want to call her i'm not a fan of her uh her 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 tsundere shtick is tiresome. It's tiresome on every other time a character does it. So, yeah. Anyways, and then we got... We got the th- three girls who are just vying for my heart. And the one who's actually winning it. Um, And they are Hikari, who is just this... I don't know what type Hikari is. She's like these dere Dairy types where they're just like... Uh, you know, they're so in love with the main character. and yeah. Underneath that is more love, and she's really cute, I love, we love a pink-haired waifu in this show, in, in this podcast, we just do, we love pink-haired waifus, uh, and then we've got e- AI Nano, who is the studious type, and again, these characters are all kind of portrayed in ways to make them seem ridiculous, uh, hyperboles of the character types they're representing, nano is the super serious studious type who doesn't believe in doing anything unless it kind of achieves a purpose and she's super cute and i love her but then we got Dabey, we got the number one waifu of this season it's hands down you will not convince me otherwise and that is Shizuka. Now, my Shizuka fans, you know what's up. I see you guys in the chat. What's up, guys? Shizuka fan number one here. Chat, is this real? Anyways, so Shizuka is uh, the quiet type. And by quiet type, I mean she trans- she communicates with a book. She has to show a book and point to the chatter she wants. She's memorized this book so well that she just knows what she wants to say and points at it. And then she eventually gets a phone that's got uh, the copy of the book on the on her phone. And she just uh, texts the speeches it. Anyway, Shizuka is adorable. I did not think I would like Shizuka by her design alone. I thought I was going to be a Hikari stan completely. And um, I'm not. I am not a Hikari stan as much as I'm a Shizuka stan. Shizuka is just so adorable and so wholesome and just so pure. And she's just so cute. And it's just, I'm not an overwhelmingly like, I'm not overwhelmingly obsessed with uh, cute Anime characters, you know, like I, I'm—I would normally, if this was just based off character designs alone, I would 200% probably be leaning more towards Hakari or Nano. Reading into that, what you will. Get your reading glasses on if you want to read into that. But Shizuka and her little mini arc, her two little episodes, are just so adorable, and I love her interactions, and she's just so cute. And this show is, I think, promptly funny. I, I think if you, if you enjoy a little bit of a deconstruction of harem, then you're going to get a lot out of it. Or you'll get a little bit more out of it. It does kind of just play into mocking the genre, I feel like, a little bit. But it's not in that sort of tongue-in-cheek way. There's a lot of ways that it just feels like, it, if there's a criticism, it's a lot of it. It's just, how bad is this when it happens in a harem? Isn't this weird? Isn't it so weird how these girls would just be okay with it? Because 100 Girlfriends promptly abandons the notion that these girls are not going to be okay with being in a harem. They just roll with it. There's no explanation. There's no, like, does Rintaro explain to them that he's got to find his 100 girlfriends? We don't know. They just kind of do it. And it doesn't really matter because you're there for the ride. And the ride is pretty fun. The ride is pretty entertaining. The ride is funny. And the girls are cute. So what's wrong with the ride? Why are you complaining about the ride? Why aren't you watching the ride right now? So yeah, I I really like the one hundred the uh, one hundred girlfriends who really 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 love you. I thought on premise alone it was going to be like a wish fulfillment thing, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure that there are people who literally interject themselves in the Rinto. There always will be people who watch these kind of shows and say that's so me. Um, Marinto himself is just such a cute little guy. He's just such a loving guy. He's not. He he's just he's a little his those eyebrows. His eyebrows are adorable. It's he's an adorable little dude. He might not set himself away too much from the pack, um, but I feel like he really does kind of bring a lot to the show. That in another harem show, it would just be another blank slate guy for you to say that's me. But Reitaro, the does kind of straddle the line of being someone fun to see, and it just I don't know. I feel like I, I like him. I like him, and I like his. I like I like his little harem. And I can't wait to see where this goes. This is one of those shows that I um, I read like the first few chapters of the manga uh, before it came out just because I knew the anime was coming out. And I said, well, I need to check this out, see if it's worth my time. And I did like it, but it wasn't overwhelmingly exciting to me. But after, you know, just seeing these first five episodes, I said, yeah, I better get I better get in on that. So I will be reading the manga now to see all the girlfriends, all 100 of them. My personal fan theory is that the 100th girlfriend will be Rintaro because you should have loved yourself to begin with, my guy. But that's just me. Maybe the real girlfriends are the friends we made along the way. (laughs) You know? You don't know. You don't care. You don't care about this. Anyways, you should care about it. I heartily recommend it. I recommend this show. Um, And hopefully, you'll go check it out. And if you do want to go check it out, it's on Crunchyroll. And it's brought to us by Bybury Animation Studios. Um... (laughs) <laughs> who are just a harem specialists because they also did uh, the quintessential quintuplets, or they did the second season in the movie, and they also did Azure Lane. So, Shug, I don't know. There you go. They obviously got big plans, big moves. <laughs> Anyways, let's move right along to our next show our dating story, The Inexperienced Me and The Experienced You, or whatever it's called The Experienced You and The Inexperienced Me. I got that right the first time. First try. Anyways, what is what is what is this show about? Well, uh, and if you want, if you can believe it, it's about the experienced you and the inexperienced me. This is our dating story. This isn't just about two like anime characters. This is you and me, our dating story. And because this has a long Japanese a title that I want to butcher, uh, it's also known as Kekuzumi na Kimi Zero no Ore ga Suru Hanashi. Hanashi, whatever you know. I don't know. Brought to us by Studio Ingie, who do a whole lot of do a whole lot of something, but they don't do a whole lot of good stuff. I guess that's my own opinion. Throwing that in there, I was going through the, I was going through their their anime list, and I was like, yeah, yeah, they, they definitely do anime. They can't be denied that. So. Let's just move on and just talk about uh, the show. So, this is about your stereotypical, uh, your stereotypical nerd dude uh, named Ryuto. He likes, you know, gotcha games and all that. And his friends basically do that classic thing where they're like, hey, you should, get whoever does, it. what is it they like? So, they're like, whoever passes the test the most. Has to, like, do what the other two say, and he's there, like, go confess to the girl you like, and he's like, okay, I'll confess to this girl named Shirakawa. She's so cute and so popular, and everybody loves her, and I just don't know if she'll, if she'll like me, but I'll go and do it anyways, guys, that have, um, apparently... uh, Razor Yuta does not, uh, does not know, uh, Shirakawa, Shirakawa is just down for it, she's like, I'm single right now, why not, and, I was like, jeez, girl, girl, come on, man, you, you gotta have a little bit more, you gotta do a little bit more than that, you know, like, come on, but she's just like, well, I'm single now, I got nothing else to do, and you'll probably get bored soon anyways, I mean, everybody else does, they just kinda hump and dump, so let's go ahead and do it, and I was just like, jeez, they actually imply that this character, this character, you know, you know, does d- stuff, which is, you know, weird. I Is that weird? I feel like it is a little bit more, uh, it, it's, I just, I feel like anime likes to dance around that a lot just because some people are like, they're so hard into this wife, this waifu thing. They're like, my, car- my wife who can't have sex, so she's not going to have sex. But they kind of just implied that Shirakawa is out there getting the D and not like hard. They don't obviously show it or anything like that. And that's a little bit of me. Maybe I'm misremembering things but they still make these implications that this gyaru girl is actually full gyaru but she's she's so sweet she's such a sweet girl and it's so we i I, the first three episodes um well the first two episodes i like to talk about the first two episodes because the first two episodes honestly made me think that this was going to be like a sweet little slice of life dating story and that it was going to be about two opposites attracting slowly and their relationship as it built up uh i Ryuto obviously being like this little nerdy dude who's just like the, the holding hands uh, uh uh the pope didn't approve of this who jesus is gonna get mad uh but he he's actually kind of like he, he's 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 got a little he got a little bit of that cuck in him because he's still like well decency i guess i say cuck But he is, you know, tries to be decent where he's like, oh, we can't immediately have sex. Which, you know, good, good, good boy. Good, good guy. We can't do that. And she's like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And so, you know, he's got that, he's got that typical, typical protag protagonist for this kind of story. But, you know, you're not really here for him, I suppose. You're here for the girl, the cute, cute Garu style girl. And she's there in spades. She's cute. She's, um, adorably oblivious. She's... Um, I guess you'd say I don't really know if you would call her stereotypical. I feel like she's a little bit stereotypical because she's like, yeah, playing, going shopping, buying matching things, yeah. Um, uh, but she is honestly trying to find somebody who would love her, and she is really, um, she is really devoted, and she does anything to like keep them, like to keep the guys interested she's she's sweet she's really cute she's really cute i really do like um i really do like her i really do like Shirakawa. uh i just at two episodes in i did think that the show was just going to be a little bit of a more slice of life slice of slow romance uh it isn't kind of expressed that ryuta has a a past a girl he had a crush on who kind of just friend zoned him are not really friends on him, but just rejected him. And he's just kind of like weirdly um, weirdly bothers him, I guess. And eventually that girl ends up going into his class. And then, you know, which is kind of a disappointing little plot thread for me because I would much rather not have a uh, will they, won't they story when they're dating. Obviously, it's kind of more implied that he's never going to be like, a, he won't be just like, st- not won't they. Was, you know what I'm, I'm trying to make sense of this they won't be just like a will they won't they thing he's obviously going to be with this girl but i i don't like the fact that they might give the implication that that's a thing you know you know what i'm saying i like love stories that are more about that are more about just the couple themselves and not about like a competition with two other characters you know I'm trying to express this so it doesn't sound like I'm just being picky and just being like, no, you can't have any of this. It can't be that way. No, I, I just, I'm more interested in seeing a single couple's relationship develop and how they grow to love each other and the kind of the ordinary things that they have to do to kind of survive that. And I'm not saying that, like, couples don't have to deal with a third girl coming in and being like, hmm, that man could also be my man. But... it, it, it eh, eh, uh, but at this, this juncture, at this juncture, at like three, uh, like three and a half episodes, I, I might keep on watching this, I'm, I, I'm sure that it had, the people who would like this kind of show will like this show, um, and I'm really kind of hit and miss with it anyways, like, if things like this show kind of get too stale for me then i more than likely will drop it it's not something that i'm like seeking out actively it's not like i go "Ooh, is the new this the new episode of will of will they won't they the anime is that available no i'm not like actively seeking it out um so there's that but i i think i think i'll still passively watch it like peep it on maybe peep it every now and then if i see it goes in new directions then maybe I'll you know get back on it fullheartedly. But sitting right now at a 6.73, that's kind of where I feel like I'm not revolution. It's not revolutionary to me. It's cute. Uh, again, Shirakawa, cute girl, uh, Ryuto there, and uh, the new girls. Um, her friend, pretty cute. But um, I'm not overwhelmingly excited by the prospect of it. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll still I'll still check it out. I'm saying I'm saying a lot of words to say that I'm still gonna watch this, but I'm not gonna be hyped on it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to check it out, then it's on Crunchyroll. Uh, if you you probably just by how I was explaining it, you'll know if, it, if it's your thing. It's got a cute op. Op's pretty cute. if That's anything that I can say uh, so far. Uh, that's one takeaway. The op's cute, and you're just like, thank you, Matt. You are really uh, really a helpful force for good here. Um, Next up we got Tier Moon Empire Um, Tier Moon Empire are brought to us by Silverlink who do a lot of anime I mean that's yeah okay Matt they do a lot of anime Uh, Well no really Matt, they they do a lot of anime No they do a lot of anime, they do a lot of anime, they do a lot of anime No I'm just saying Anyways, Tier Moon Empire are Tier Moon Takoku Monogatari Dantotadai kara hajimaru Hime no Tinsai Gyokuten Story um, which just translates as the Tier Moon Empire, according to what Mal wants to tell me. Um, so I think I, I talked about this in the I talked about this in the previous episode. I read the light novels for this. Uh, basically, Mia uh, Mia is, gets executed. Um, she basically gets her empire, not her empire, her parents get overthrown. She gets imprisoned. And everybody's like, yes, yes, kill the princess, kill the princess. They are definitely the French revolutionaries, if I've ever seen them. Uh, They go to kill her, uh, to hit her on the chopping block with the guillotine. And as that happens, she wakes up in her 12-year-old body. And, or is it 12-year-old? I think she's, yeah, it's 12-year-old. She had to make sure that. Wakes up in her 12-year-old body, and she's like, hey, yo, uh, what happened? Uh, Why does my journal tell me what the future's going to be like? Ooh, I don't know. And, yeah. Um... Stop me if you've heard that before, (laughs) but this, this is um, the light novel, the light novel I enjoyed, and I think that this is no exception to my enjoyment. It is kind of, I'm going to say this is kind of like a Silver Link show, and you're going to go, Matt, what even is a Silver Link show? Um, When I think of Silver Link, I primarily think of like, uh, what is it, Bofuri and Ultimate Game are my next life as a villainess. Or um a sister's all you need I think of these shows that I think are good Um and I have no one overwhelming feeling one way or the other I don't think they're bad and I don't think they're like amazing either that is the silver link show for me and I'm looking through their entire repertoire of, uh, <laughs> of anime and that's really how I feel about it so many of their shows I'm just like yeah I watched that and I had no overwhelming feelings one way or another uh, except on the case of uh, that stupid show that Amelia and I did, but we never—I um, never posted the episode for because uh, I had some weird audio issues. I forgot the name of it, but the the, sp- the ones within, something like that. It's not the ones within, Matt. It's the ones within. It's not the ones within, is it? It is the ones within. Wow, Matt! Stupid moron, baka, baka, you silly baka. Anyways, the Silver Link show is just a show that I don't care about one way or the other. Uh, maybe your, f- your feelings are different, but that's just me. That's my impression of them so far. Um, but yeah, and this show is no different. Despite loving the light novel, or loving, thinking the light novel is pretty good, um, this is kind of suffering from the same sort of thing. If you're not wholeheartedly kind of invested in that Otome story, this is not like the girl is in an Otome game. This is literally about a girl who lives in a fantasy world and who is surviving in a fantasy world. Then you are, you probably will know if you're going to be into it or not. Um, One of the things that kind of defines the novel for me and what has definitely expressed just in the first few episodes that I've seen is her relationship with the people who are going to help her survive to uh, avoid the execution like her maid and, and dude who is kind of a little pretentious prick. Uh, who is her advisor or whatever. And there's no exception to this. It's still carried in the anime. The, the goal of the anime is to not be executed. And they have these cute little visuals of her running away from a guillotine. That's adorable. She gets a power above a horse eventually. Uh, but yeah, no. I, I really don't have too much to talk about this show in particular. Purely for the fact that it's... I don't know it's not overwhelmingly great and it's not overwhelmingly bad either it's very 7 out of 10 or 6.5 out of 10 for me I'm watching it because I've read the light novels and I want to see how they adapt certain scenes but if I had not seen this I would not recommend I would not go out of my way to watch it I'm just doing it for the fact that I read the book and here I am again and I would say that if you like Villainous, this would probably be, if you, My Next Life as a Villainous, you'll probably be more in tune with this show. Obviously, I think it's a little le- it's obviously a little less comedic. And uh, I think villainous, like Villainous has Bacarina, uh Katarina, Kleiss, who is adorable and fun to watch. And this show has Mia, who is not as fun to watch. And she has to basically help carry this show so much. And she doesn't really do a great job at it just from the episodes I've been seeing uh, I guess I thought she would be a little bit l- l- more anim, a little bit more animated. Not like she's not like just you know like I'm not saying that she's just a 2D image that's just standing there. I guess what I'm just saying is that I thought there'd be a little bit more expressiveness to her. Uh, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just enforcing the my will upon the show. I don't know, but it's very Silverlink to me, which means that it's just there. Uh, um, if, you, if you're interested in the premise of a girl who gets to start over in a, you know, basically like a Victorian fantasy, then you could probably do worse, but I don't know where you would do the worst, where, I don't know how you could do worse, but, I guess, I guess think of it as like a, I don't know, re-zero for, for people who really like princesses, that's a very terrible analogy, because Mia does not die like actively, but, there you go, I've already made the analogy, do with it what you will. It's re-zero, but for princess fetishes. <laughs> uh, that's a terrible, terrible, terrible analogy. But it's the only one I've got. And if you want to watch Tear Moon Empire, then it's available on Crunchyroll. A lot of these have been available on Crunchyroll. What do you mean Crunchyroll has a monopoly on anime? That's not true, is it? It definitely is. And um be sure to get your settlement money from Crunchyroll uh for selling your information. Just uh you know, just throwing that out there. Just uh just saying. So, uh <laughs> anyways, moving on to our last show and the, whew, the peak of the season. You know where I'm at. We're talking about Freyron uh, and beyond journeys in our peak rent. If you're in, if you're, if you, if you know, what's up. Um, so what I talked about it in the previous show, but what a just absolutely just, uh, just crowd wreck of an anime. Like we're currently looking at a obviously we're uh, brought to us by Madhouse. First of all, I had Madhouse just coming out of nowhere. I don't mean coming out of nowhere. We all like if you watch anime, you know who Madhouse is. But Madhouse just rising from their slumber, cracking their knuckles, and saying it's time to make peak, and then just doing it, and then going. I am making the peak. You will not stop me. Uh, 9.04, I'm out. And I think it's like, what? It's going to have like 28 episodes or something. They just dropped the first three episodes and said, this is what you're getting. Celebrate. And I said, dang. Okay. Okay, Madhouse. I see you. I see you there. Very, very good. So, premise basically is... Party goes on adventure to kill the Demon King. Uh, They kill the Demon King and... Freyron, who is an elf, goes, Hey guys, I'll see you later. And her human her human compatriots and one dwarf both go, uh, and how long? And she's like, Yeah, you know, a couple fifty years, it'll be whatever. Leaves and they're like, uh, oh, a couple fifty years? What do you mean a couple fifty years? We're humans, and the dwarf's like, Yeah, she's like that, I guess. And she comes back and um who is it? Himmel, Himmel, hero, the hero Himmel the hero is about close to death, and so is Hyder, the priest. And they're just like, hey, I see you lived. That's cool. We're close to death right now. And so, basically, Freyrin goes on one last little journey with them. And Himmel passes away. And she finally realizes that she never really kind of understood humans. And she kind of, she starts off on an adventure just to kind of learn more about humans and to be a better person. And along the way, she, you know, picks up, picks up her protege, Fern, and also Stark. And, yeah. So, if you haven't seen this show, this—if there's anything you're gonna take away from this, like I know I was building up a hundred girlfriends to a point where the hundred girlfriends couldn't fathom what I was doing, but this show is so much more than that. The ED is absolute. It's—it's an emotional, just devastating ED. This is definitely. We were still. If I was still um doing this kind of with um uh with anybody i would this would be my ed pick for sure maybe even my maybe possibly my op i don't know pick i don't know this this is pretty okay op but that ed is just visually stunning it is immaculate it is immaculate this is the kind of anime this is the kind of anime that i would recommend to people who don't like anime you know it's kind of like um Uh, That show from a few uh, from a few seasons ago that I can't remember the name of. Uh, To your eternity. Why couldn't I? I was hyping to your eternity up so bad, and then I'm like, I can't remember to your eternity. Is very akin to that sort of soul searching. Just, we are going on an adventure and maybe we don't know the destination exactly, but it's all about the travels that we have and the relationships we build. And Frerin is just so beautiful. It is such a spectacularly animated show. The music is always just so, it's always so in tune with the scene and how it sets the scene perfectly. Now, I don't talk too much about music on this podcast. One thing, because I only know... I, I'm just a little drummer boy. I don't know that... I only know so much about music. But I can tell you the, the kind of love that has gone into Fray and making it a, a, a tour de force of anime and inter, anime entertainment. And the, it started, it's, it's all over the place. It's with the music. It's with just the visuals. The visuals are... Ne- they're never... They're not understated. But you would look at it and you just go, that's pretty, but it's so pretty that you don't realize how pretty that Freyren actually is. And that's the best kind of pretty. Uh, Maybe not understated. It is the mechanisms that I, it's not the word I want to use. But there's so many good things going on. With this show, I I I would I showed this to my mom. My mom's got kind of my mom's got a little bit of anime. She watched the One Piece live action. Don't know if I mentioned that, but she really liked it. And this is an anime that I think I would recommend to a lot of people, really and truly. It is so, it is so touching in just the first episode alone, and each episode, kind of from Fern's from meeting Fern and Hider and the emotional connection that they kind of have and fern accepting that she does kind of like magic and all that well not really that but anyways (laughs) there's just so many little seeds here of seeds of just greatness that fern is just presenting and i i know i'm not really giving you a good a good just jumping off point for if to understand if this is a show for you I don't know if you're using this podcast as necessarily a means to designate what anime you should and shouldn't watch. If you're using my opinion for that, obviously, I would not do it. I would not use my opinion to gauge what anime to watch. But you, this anime is definitely one of those ones that I, I am so, I am so pleasantly thrilled by how it turned out. And before this even, this show was even like, came out, I was aware of the manga. There was a bit of hype about the manga. I'd seen it. Uh, I'd seen it at bookstores, and it never really stood out to me. I was just like, "Yeah, another fantasy manga. That's pretty cool." Sleeping girl on the cover. Wowie zowie! So spectacular. But then you watch the anime, and you go, "Hey, I was a fool. I was definitely a fool." I mean, the first episode came. First three episodes came out. People were like, "Yeah, this is really cool." And so I read the manga, and I said, "Oh, this is really cool." And then I watched the anime, and I said, "This is, this is astounding." And it just keeps getting better because. I'm not fully caught up, I'm like five, five, six episodes in, I'm basically just Stark, and I'm still just hearing people talk about how great the next episode is going to be, people are so excited around this show, and I know it's going to be great, I know it's going to be something that we're going to be talking about, Uh, we're going to be talking about at least for a year or two, I don't know unless it just absolutely shits the bed but I don't see how this show, type of show could like what kind of biblical level diarrhea did you have to employ to make sure that something this great does that I don't know I don't like to know it I've got IBS <laughs> uh, but Fraron like if there's any show from this first part there in this first part uh, that I would recommend you check out uh, from this first impressions uh, episode it would be this one um I I wouldn't I, I it's amazing. It is an amazing show. Or, from my impressions, my first impressions of the show, I feel like it can be amazing. It isn't a flashy show. Um, it's a fantasy, and it's not. It's not flashy. It maybe if you're a little bit of um, of a little bit of a brain turn off, you may not like how underwhelming it can be. But, I I, I think for the fantasy genre. It is going to be something that kind of resonates and stays a lot longer than people would expect again if you maybe i should say this if you're looking for flash fantasy if you're looking for overstated just you know fire and magic and people fighting then this may not be the show for you but if you're looking for a really emotionally intensive and just show about people and about relationships um, just from what I've seen, this is really the way to, this is the anime to go for. And I mean, the OP is by, uh, yeah, Yo Asobi, uh, so just constantly kill it. So there's a whole lot of reasons why you should watch this and you should definitely check it out. Uh, so why don't you check it out? Why don't you check it out? I feel like you should check it out. But if there's any show that you are on the fence about what I've talked about and you just don't know, you're unsure, make it, make, make in the show you watch if there's any from this. I'd just do it. Please do it. Dude, you just do it. Just do it. Please do it. Pretty please. please. Alright, let's take one final break and then talk about our final thoughts and opinions on this episode and then we'll close it all out. Uh, see you soon. Alright, so here we are. Um, this is just part one of these shows. Um, I'm going to be covering a few more next week. A lot of them are going to be part twos or season twos of shows that I've previously watched. We're going to be talking about um, The Eminence in Shadow Season 2, Spy Family Season 2. That's basically it. Uh, I'm going to try to also catch up on Apothecary Diaries, among a few other things that I'm really excited about. Uh, Berserk of Gluttony uh, was also another light novel that I read, but I never really checked out the show quite yet, as well as um, uh, Ron... Kamenahashi's forbidden deductions there's just a lot more that I'm kind of interested in and I couldn't cover them all in this uh, just one episode at least reasonable for my voice box because guess what guess who's a little baby who can't talk for a whole two hours it's me I'm the little baby um, but there's a lot of shows that I'm really curious about just by their premise alone uh, and we're going to be talking more about them next week I'm going to be trying to give Shy a checkout just because the main girl from Shy looks really cute uh, so there's a whole lot that I'm going to talk about next week Or at least try to talk about, you know, things happen. And if this is just part one for part two, that never comes up. And that's just par for the course for this podcast now, isn't it? But no, there's a few other things I want to talk about next week. So if your favorite show did not get mentioned or I didn't talk about it, then hey, slide into my DMs. Slide into the Discord. Say, Matt, go watch this show. Matt, check out the show. Matt, you are smelly. You are a smelly boy. You need to go get some some deodorant. Go get some wash. Go wash your stank off uh, and watch this show just slide into my DM slide to the discord uh, message me on a Ota- at Otaku podcast on Twitter uh, or is it just at Otaku at Otaku podcast on Instagram. Just find us our social media on our website at, uh, at uh, Otaku and just contact, reach out and say, Hey, um, you should watch this show too. And we will definitely uh, I will definitely try to give it a chance because there's a whole lot of shows that I am kind of just curious. I've heard a few things about Ragnar Crimson, but i have not given it a chance yet. Mostly because it's lingering on high dive and, you know, not anything against high dive. I would really love for high dive to succeed, but I have to watch it on my phone because uh, high dive on Roku causes my TV to explode and kill me. Uh, and that's just an unfortunate circumstance of how Roku TVs work or Roku on TV works. But yeah, if there's something you want me to check out or something you feel like I should have checked out or given another chance, then feel free to just slide into those DMs and say, check this out, you stupid idiot. Or just be nice to me and say, hey, Matt, you said some really nice things about an anime I liked. I think you're pretty great. And I hope that we can go to prom together. And I'll be like, I don't think we can go to prom together, but thank you for suggesting it. And we will both be very cordial with each other, hopefully. And if we're not cordial with each other, then what can we do? There's nothing we can do about this. This is just life. So, anyways, there's a lot of shows to check out. Maybe I'll actually, maybe I'll check, maybe I'll catch up on S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero, he said, knowing that he will not catch up on S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero, and maybe I'll catch up on Goblin Slayer, he said, fully not intending to catch up on Goblin Slayer, not because there's an interesting or anything like that, but just because I I just don't feel like that's going to happen. But, hey, it's got their fans, and they're not bad, not bad shows by any means. Um, well, I've heard, I didn't, I've heard not great things about the second season of The Rising of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero, but I also have not seen it, so I'm going to, you know, not make my own opinion. But, yeah, go ahead. Talk to me. Talk to me on our social media. I would love to hear from you. Or just, you know, send me a send me, send me a carrier pigeon. Do whatever. It's fine. Uh, but next week, we will have more discussions on that. And then after that, we're going to be so back. We'll be so back. And now hopefully, speaking of so back, I hope you'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'll see you later. Bye-bye thank you for listening to this episode of the otaku melancholy podcast you can go to our website at otakumelancholy.com to see the links to all our episodes past present and future as well as all our social media like for twitter i'm not calling it x facebook and instagram our opening and ending music is koishi by deoxys beat with additional sounds added by me, and our podcast artwork is by Sinful Scientist. If you want to go the extra mile and help power this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash otaku melancholy and support us for as little as $3 a month to get ad-free episodes, bonus content, a super secret Discord channel enroll, and your name shouted out at the end of every episode, like these fine folk here. I'd like to thank Anime of the Week, Chris S, Cream Puff Goon, Garth Egg, Arthur and the Anime Brother, IKEA Plant, Jalvin, and Steered Marlin for being our patrons and giving power to the pod. I've been Maddie signing off for another week. Thank you for listening. Gambate.